Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumph and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives. In season two, we're highlighting Bentonville's thriving and growing mobility sector, where we're pushing boundaries and making history. Get ready to hear about everything from bikes to aerobatic planes to drones, air taxis, flying cars, and a whole lot more. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. And in season two, we're talking about Bentonville's leadership in the mobility industry. We're talking about bikes, autonomous trucks, flying cars, air taxis, drones, the whole nine yards. And today I'm thrilled to have in the studio the co-founders of Encore Bike Rentals, the husband and wife duo of Morgan and Tyler Baumgartner. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us, James. We're really excited to be here. You bet. Glad to have you. Well, Let's start with the easy question. Every good ride starts off easy, right? Will you tell me about yourselves and, um, you know, perhaps how you even got together and your passion for bikes? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Northeast Tennessee. So, and I did all sorts of outdoor stuff growing up on a farm and just, we, we spent a lot of time outside. So, um, everything from snow skiing to biking, of course. And then, so I went out school, out to school out West which is where we ended up meeting um, in Reno, where Tyler grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in Reno, Nevada, which is um, very close to Lake Tahoe, huge outdoor sports community, right? Like really every type of thing you can think of. Um, And it's it's kind of funny because it's very similar to Bentonville minus like snow sports. Um, I mean, maybe a few days a year, you can bring out a set of skis around here (laughs) when you get some snow. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, definitely like outdoor sports brought us together. Um, specifically, we ski raced together um, at the University of Nevada, Reno. Um, so that's kind of how we got to know each other. And then from there, yeah, we just kept doing outdoors things together. Um, we've always kind of been into bikes. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of what led us here in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Great. I can't wait to get into that. Uh, tell us about Encore Bike Rentals. What are you all up to? Yeah. So we actually just started this year. Um, we started in January. That was our first like kind of like go live date. So we did, of course, like the planning, getting bikes, things like that before that. But our first like real day in business, so to speak, um, was January 1st this year. Um, and it has been an absolute whirlwind ever since. Um, uh, definitely grown a lot faster than we thought. Um, and just kind of seeing, I guess, like the whole community support around our business as well as just like just cycling, right? Like, um, especially mountain biking, obviously we're, we're in the, uh, self-coined term, the mountain bike capital mm-hmm. of the world, um, which, um, it's a pretty good place to open a mountain bike rental shop. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, I think y'all have a little bit different twist on your rental business than other folks. Can you tell the audience about that and also talk about who are your customers? Are they folks coming into town to mountain bike and experience the mountain biking capital of the world? Or is there uh, some kind of mix of customers there? Yeah. So um, what we do different is really the customer experience. So instead of having to go into a bike shop, Mm -hmm. we bring the bikes to you, whether that's at a trailhead, whether that's at an Airbnb, a hotel, wherever you want your bike rental delivered to. Uh, If you rent with us, we'll deliver it right to you. 
And then as far as the people that we see rent, it's kind of been a variety of people. Definitely within driving distance is a lot of our people that we see. So like driving distance around the Bentonville area. Maybe they have friends or family in the area. Sometimes it's locals who are renting for a friendly friend or family member that's visiting. Do you have any more to add on that? Tyler? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, I mean, any bike rental business, not, not just in Bentonville, right? It is driven by tourism mm-hmm. and, and people visiting that area to go ride. Um, there's no doubt about that. We do get a decent amount of people um, basically just trying out like full suspension mountain bikes for the first time, like just basically trying to kind of get into mountain biking. Um, so we'll rent to like the Women of Oz clinics um, nice. on occasion. You know, we see those type of local uses of the bikes too, right? Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting because I thought it was going to be just like complete tourism, but we have a decent amount of people that just rent locally as well. That's cool. So, you know, Bentonville hosts an outsized number of events and festivals for a town of its uh, size, and that seems to be growing. You know, I wonder how that affects a business like yours when you have this sort of influx of people, uh, who come to town and have you worked with Visit Bentonville or anybody like that to help uh, attract those customers? Yeah, we have. We have worked um, with Visit Bentonville. Um, like when the Global Mountain Bike Network was in town, we actually had some of their film crew on our bikes and Visit Bentonville nice. was able to, you know, get that to put together um, so we could serve them. As far as like people who are coming into town, we definitely did see an increase around um, Bentonville Bike yeah. Fest. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously that's the target audience for us as people who love bikes. But also with, I think, other events yeah, too. Yeah, Heartland Challenge. We had some bikes that were rented out for the day for them. Um, cool. Yeah, you know, as far as like events, like obviously something as big as say like a huge music festival where it's like hundreds of people, like uh, we don't have the, quite the capacity to accommodate for that. But um, I think a lot of people that are coming to an event, so say they're coming for like the Imba Trail Labs or something like mm-hmm. that, right? They're, they're coming here also probably to ride a bike at least for a few hours. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of, um, I think where we kind of fit in there is helping you get out on the trail. Um, even if it's, even if it's a side project of your main, you know, reason to be here. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I was thinking about a couple of events. One you mentioned, uh, sort of that, that probably isn't your target audience because of the the size of it. But, you know, thinking about, I don't know if you are familiar with what's happening Labor Day weekend, Amped Electric Games is having this very first festival here. So think Electric unicycles, world record jumps, and the whole, uh, whole nine yards there uh, might be a, a neat organization to uh, team up with. Um, of course, the you know I was I'm going to still mention it uh, since I made myself a couple of notes here. Uh, just later in September, the 23rd through 25th is the uh, Format uh, Music Arts and Tech Festival. I got to tell you, we ran out and bought tickets immediately. <laughs> hey, we did, <laughs> we did too. too. It's yeah, my just, birthday weekend. <laughs> okay. Nice. I mean, obviously, um, Rufus Dussel is the headliner, so I'm a big Rufus fan. And I'm like, okay, like, we got to go. It's <laughs> yeah. not really optional at this point. But um, but yeah, no, I I think events like that, um, you know, it, it that actually sparked kind of a, a thought when I saw the notes on that that was... Um, you know, so we, we'd been out to Burning Man in Nevada and that's mm-hmm. a big, um, that's a big bike event Yeah, um, huh. because they don't allow you to have a car. Like you literally can't have a normal car out there. If you have any sort of powered vehicle, it has to be like a mutant vehicle, basically. Huh. It has to be approved, essentially. Um, and then like you have to go through an approval process, blah, blah, blah. But basically people just buy like really cheap bicycles to go out there and they kind of trick them out and make them their own, um, mainly out of necessity. Like you don't want to be walking 
endlessly Brilliant. out there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, obviously, format is a little bit different, like layout and fest in type of festival. But uh, you know, I, I think that'd be kind of an interesting thing to see. Is like, hey, a certain zone, like you can't take a car here or something like that. You either have to walk in a certain distance or have obviously like you know ADA stuffs a little bit. You know, an exception to that rule, but you know, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, um, those come to mind in Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit in October yeah. as well. I think that one will provide a real good opportunity uh, to, as you get people in town for a few days. You know, I met the uh, two of you just under a year ago. When y'all first came to town, I believe y'all came here from Florida. You had a choice of a whole bunch of places <laughs> to yeah. uh, land. And I remember um, that you approached your uh, marketing agency, co-pilots agency with you. Yeah. Uh, and how enthusiastic y'all were about coming here and how you wanted to just jump right in, which is, I love it when people come to town and they're really willing to jump in at the chamber or any event that they can and get immersed in the town. Those are the types of folks that uh, typically are attracted uh, to Bentonville. Could you tell me uh, in the audience a little bit more about why it is that y'all came here? How did Bentonville appear on your radar screen? And then what led you to move here? Yeah, so I guess um, how we heard about Bentonville, like the very start, right, was my mom had sent me, you know how they were doing the like mountain bike, you apply to move here. It was like, you, oh, yes. what was it, $10,000 yeah, a mountain bike or something? a mountain bike. And we were like, in Arkansas, what? Because, <laughs> so, you know, we were traveling sure. all over, yeah. mountain biking, all sorts of different places. And then, so Tyler and I went to YouTube and looked it up and we're like, yeah, sure enough, there's mountain bike trails, like real mountain bike trails there. <laughs> so we put it on our list. We were full-time RVing for two years and we put it on our list. It was at the top of our places to visit list of what, yeah, last uh, year, right? Of last year. Yeah. We, um, I mean, we saw the YouTube videos and all the other kind of actions surrounding the mountain bike trails. Um, like, I don't think we li- literally looked up anything else besides the trails. So that was like, the, <laughs> that was a big surprise for us. It was like, we came here and we're like, oh, I mean, the trails are awesome. They're breathtaking. They're, they're, they, they are world-class trails. Like, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Um, but then we didn't like learn anything about the community before coming here. So that just like totally blew us away. Like, right. uh, um, very unexpected, right? Like how kind of welcoming the community was. Like we went on a group ride here and people were just so entertaining and like, you know, welcoming and cool. And we were like, oh, this is, this is great. You know? Um, so yeah. It, it, yeah. It's funny. Like, cause we were, because we were doing the full-time RV thing. Yeah. We could have like settled in any town that we stopped at, I guess, technically, but, um, Bentonville just checked every box pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are surprised. I mean, first of all, I, I don't think a lot of people think about the middle of the country and think about mountain biking that they, you know, they, they no, we don't have the elevation that you have in uh, the Rockies or even in the Appalachians. Right. But we have enough elevation to work with and to have an awful lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, growing up in like that kind of Western style of mm-hmm. mountain biking, which is pretty much uh, not, not always, but a lot of the times you're either getting shoveled up to the top or you're like pedaling up some fire road for like an hour and a half, just kind of endlessly. Right. So you're just on this long kind of boring climb and then you go and have some fun on some sort of downhill trail from there. Um, Bentonville's so unique. I think like the topography, you know, at least like, especially like Bella Vista, that, mm-hmm. that area, you're talking like these two, three, four, two, three, four hundred foot hills. Um, and then you got this fun little descent and then you're back up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can get the same vertical feet 
just going on loops on Kohler. You do five loop, you know, five laps on Kohler and you've done like almost a thousand vertical feet. So yeah. you can still get the vertical. It's just more repetitive, basically. <laughs> so, But you can ride Fireline five times, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and, you know, there's just this plethora of trails here. But I don't think a lot of people think about the middle of the country and think of any place as having rugged mountains and steep cliffs and big, beautiful lakes and these extraordinary streams and rivers and the first national river. And that's because there's only one place that really does. And that's us. If you go between the Rockies and the Appalachians, yeah. this is it. Uh, and a lot of folks are, I think, starting to realize uh, that it's here as I guess we've noticed buyer growth. <laughs> um, why did y'all start on core bikes? So we had family visit. Okay, so we moved here, right? So we moved here in September and then we had family like questioning like our sanity. They're like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so- They thought we, we were crazy. <laughs> so we had to invite them out, you know, to make sure that we were still sane. And then we wanted to get them out on the trails with us because that's really what drew us to the area. And we fell in love with the area and just the outdoor community around here. So we wanted to get rental bikes because we only had our own two bikes, right? And we started calling around and everyone was like sold out. It was during the middle of the week. Uh And we were like, oh my goodness, maybe there's room for, you know, more here. So that was really the spark, I guess, of starting. Basically realizing that there was probably still an available market Mm -hmm. um, for what we wanted to do. But then I think like capturing that experience, like I, I guess what we're trying to do with Encore is capture like our experience the first time riding here. Um, you know, uh, like simple as that. Like I want, I want people to rent from us and be able to go out on a bike that's set up for them, you know, feels good for them and, you know, will take them where they need to go on these trails um, and have kind of like that, that spark that I think we felt when we first rode here. Yeah. So that magical kind of, you oh, know, yeah. it, just it's like, definitely different. It's hard to explain <laughs> that, but if yeah. you've been here and you've ridden the trails, like that first time, that smile that you have whenever you're out riding, like that's what we love to bring to people. Awesome. I've, I've heard that a lot about that, that first time. And it's just this magical experience or this magical experience every time uh, folks come. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so you're close to eight months in on this venture. Um, how has your business changed in this short period and how has that changed you personally? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I think like really we we've this first year, I think we both agreed that was like, hey, let's just listen to our customers as much as possible. Like listen to the good and the bad that's, you know, the feedback coming back from the customer and trying to figure out like what actually matches best um with what they need. And I think like part of that, like we went through the GORP program and that was something we literally were forced to do, which was like talk to customers, (laughs) talk to people that might not even be your customer just to see like what they would want most in a mountain bike rental experience or a bike rental experience in general. Um, I just say mountain bikes because that's a lot of what we do. Sure. But but yeah, I think like that's kind of the... And then change like personally, I don't know. um, It's kind of like total offshoot, but I've never worked like a super like customer facing job. Like my background's in mechanical engineering. And like before that, I like worked on cars. So like the most customer interaction I'd have is like talking to a customer about why their car was broken or, you know, as an engineer, maybe talking about, hey, this this is why this design is like horrible and we need to go back to the beginning and try all over or something, you know? But (laughs) I've got to brag on you a little bit right here is if you look at our reviews on Google, I would say half of them, if not more, specific, 
Oh my goodness. Specifically. (laughs) Yes. Specifically. (laughs) It's a difficult word. Um, They call out Tyler in the reviews themselves. So just like his customer experience. So, I mean, I mean, you know, he's. I guess. I made guess. I, I guess I'm all right at sales and customer service. <laughs> I guess you've learned that about yourself this year. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Well, I'm going to make a, a wild guess then, uh, because I started off my professional uh, career doing a service oriented, some service oriented jobs. In fact, I, I, in fact, I repaired medical equipment. And what I found was nine times out of ten, if you were doing a great job as a service rep, it wasn't necessarily because of your technical skills. Even if you were the best technical person out there. It was because you knew how to talk to people and how to make them comfortable with, you know, the fact that something didn't go right mm-hmm. and made them comfortable with it uh, going forward. And so the ability to, to um, talk English <laughs> when <laughs> you're talking technical to translate <laughs> yeah. and make them comfortable is uh, probably your strong suit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, um, you know, bike rentals in general, like there's no amount of, and this is, you know, obviously a very a niche business, right? Like there's, I don't know how many mountain bike rental operations there are in the United States, but it's probably not that many. Um, So like kind of the knowledge you learn, some of it's very niche, but then like, no matter what, like you're always going to have bikes break. That's just something that happens, even Mm -hmm. if you're maintaining to a very high level. So like how you deal with those kind of situations um, for us, like we treat the maintenance thing pretty seriously because we figure the bike rental is just like the tip of the iceberg of what someone's already kind of like, not not just financially, but effort-wise, what they've already put in to get here and like go on this, vi- you know, this mountain biking vacation, yeah. so to speak, in Bentonville. So like they're doing their Airbnb, they're doing all that other stuff. If the bike like breaks in half or something, it kind of ruins their day. So you got to be pretty good at, you know, thinking on your toes about how to kind of patch up those relationships when you, when, when bad things do happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's great. You yeah. don't want to ruin your whole vacation because <laughs> the thing you went to do, you can't do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned GORP. That's the University of Arkansas's Greenhouse Outdoor Recreation Program, which, of course, is a business incubation program mm-hmm. that's focused on the development of entrepreneurs and outdoor recreation businesses. I'm telling y'all stuff you already know for the benefit <laughs> of the, the listeners, um, you know, and so basically products and services in the outdoor recreation industry. Uh, so you two did not have an affiliation with the University of Arkansas, though, right? No, I think nope. the strongest affiliation was me following the gymnastics team. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good team. So. <laughs> By the way, the, the University of Arkansas gymnastics team, here's your trivia of the day, is the only program where all of the coaches are Olympians. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I grew up that. watching them whenever I was a gymnast. I grew up watching the coaches, like, you know, doing their thing in the Olympics. So it's just amazing to go there and watch them coaching the next generation of athletes. Yeah. So the GORP program then is, it's offered to um, residents, residents, now I have a word I can't pronounce, residents <laughs> here in uh, Northwest Arkansas, as well as uh, sort of more broadly across the, the Heartland region of the uh, U.S. And so, and also to students at the University of Arkansas. So this is one of the things that the university is providing to help build the outdoor recreation industry here, even uh, further in Bentonville and in Northwest um, Arkansas. So um, when you first found out about GORP, did it surprise you that such a program existed and what prompted y'all to apply for it? Yeah, I was really surprised to find out that it existed. I mean, I had been in like kind of the startup kind of space, Mm -hmm. just 
but a lot of it was definitely more technical type stuff. Yeah. You know, doing startup weekends is definitely more tech specifically focused. So to see something in the outdoor industry space match with kind of, you know, startups, I was like, oh, this is perfect for us. So um, I actually reached out initially just to do s- some of the like um, programming that was not a part of the cohort. It was more of the like one-off programming stuff. And then Phil reached out and said, you guys should apply. Like you should consider applying if you're interested. And I was like, okay, let's just do it. I really didn't think a whole lot of it. And once we learned more about it, I was like, I really want to be a part of this. This is amazing. So that's kind of how. Yeah. I mean, you definitely like took the charge on like researching GORP and like learning more about it. And then once we kind of jumped in, yeah, I mean, it's, it was an incredible program. And I got to say like, so that was the first run through, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phil, I think, you know, hit it out of the park first time, <laughs> like no doubt about it. And, and that's why I kind of like, I'm thinking, hey, you know, I wonder what the second, third, fourth, fifth mm-hmm. time is going to be like. It's probably going to be a lot better because the first time, you know, yeah. it's, you're going to learn quite a few things and it's not going to be, um, you know, as close to perfect as you'd like it to be. But I was, I was very impressed with just the first run through of GORP. Um, it was an amazing program. Very cool. Y'all mentioned Phil, Phil Shellhammer. uh, And Phil was a great guinea pig for me in the very first season of uh, the Bentonville Beacon podcast. In fact, he found out that he was season one, episode one, (laughs) sitting in that chair. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And he rolled with it and he was amazing. So the first season was about the outdoor recreation industry. It just happened to be a good fit for the second season as well, which is, which is uh, mobility. I, I, uh, like you, I had a time in my life when I was surprised to find out about an accelerator that wasn't really a tech accelerator, even though the stuff they were doing was sort of technical, um, in that I went through the one of the very first medical device accelerators in the country called Zero to 510. And uh, then later, I had the opportunity to help lead that program. Uh, and so, you know, I was in the inaugural cohort, by the way, showed up two months into the program, too. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> we sort of figured it out. That's when you learn the most. Along the way. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I, I know what you're saying. It's it's really a surprise when you find out it's not a tech accelerator, so to speak, even though you could have some tech stuff in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, two of the companies in, you know, American Hunt and, and Trail Tours, which I th- I think Mark's actually rebranding it. So, <laughs> like, that's the old name. Yes. But, um, yeah, they're both totally tech-based companies, right? Um, their applications and, you know, and web-based. So, yeah. Yeah, I think still what's have interesting, that, which is great. Oh, sorry. I think what's really interesting, though, is like in our world today, even something that's not specifically like tech-focused, mm-hmm. you use technology to provide, like, I mean, with us, provide the best experience. Like, we just overhauled our booking system for people. So, nice. so people can book online easy. So I think there's still a portion of that, but yeah, it's not fully just like all tech. So uh, having led um, accelerators uh, myself, albeit in the medical device, health tech, supply chain logistics space, and having mentored or coached more than a thousand entrepreneurs in the last decade plus, which has been really neat. I know that virtually everybody who goes through these programs has some sort of, of epiphany or finds out that the um, the business is more than just the idea, right? It's about the business model and a whole bunch more and the basics of running the business even. And so somewhere along the way, they have some sort of pivot usually. 
through the program. Not everybody, uh, but did y'all have any such um, revelations and uh, how did Gort help, y- help y'all get through that? I think we had a lot of those. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. I think Which going in, I think going in Encore, we were just like, yeah, let's just like start a bike rental business. Yeah. And, and do it and do it well as, as best as we know how. And then it became a little bit more like, sure. I think, I think that was kind of, you know, that was like put upon us like pretty quickly, like, Hey, your bike rental business can mean a lot more than just like a transactional, like, Hey, here's this bike, have fun. Like it can be a lot better experience and a lot bigger. And I think that's what like Gorp really pushed us to think about was like that kind of long-term vision of like when someone, you know, shows up at the trailhead and you have that bike for them, what do you want them to think and feel? And like, and then while they're on the trail, what do you want to happen basically? So that's, I think what they kind of like, you know, what Gorp gave us was just more like, I guess, kind of honing of that vision, so to speak. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is um, probably halfway through Gorp, I mean, we were figuring out so much because as we had started the business in January and then Gorp started and then spring hit Mm -hmm. and then we had bikes going out more and Tyler was like running all the bikes around and we're trying to figure out this business and then we're also learning through Gorp. It was just, it, it was really overwhelming at first, right? But our mentors kind of, we met with mentors on a mm-hmm. weekly base, basis as part of GORP. We sat down and they were um, asking us like, well, what do you want this to be? Like, what is your long-term? Mm-hmm. Like, not just now, because it's easy to be stuck in the now, but like long-term, what do you want this to be? And we just kept coming back to experience. Like, we want the experience to be wonderful for cycling and biking and mountain biking all of it in Northwest Arkansas. So, I mean, that might be even adding more services in the future. That might be adding different things, partnering with the right people. So it really opened up that we can be so much more than just a rental business in the long-term plan. So, Yeah, the best mentors, I believe, ask that question. What is it that you want to be here? Or they help you. They just ask you questions mostly (laughs) (laughs) so that you figure it out yourself. I got to tell you, sometimes the mentors even know the answers. <laughs> I know. They <laughs> seem like they might. <laughs> do not tell you what that answer is because you have to find out for your uh, for yourself. So the deadline for the next GORP Accelerator uh, cohort has recently passed. So if you missed that, just know that uh, GORP also offers a la carte services, whether that's one-on-one consulting, uh, mentoring, co-working space, workshops, events, and a whole lot more. So you can still check it out and then catch the next cycle, which I believe is uh, next spring. Yeah, next spring. Yeah. So uh, you rent bikes. Do you have time to ride bikes anymore? And <laughs> if so, what are your your favorite trails in Bentonville and Bella Vista? Yeah. Yeah, we still, we still ride quite a bit. Um, I think that you know, especially during the week, it's a little bit slower. I think that's just kind of known knowledge yeah. that a lot of people come here on, you know, Thursday through Sunday, basically to come ride. Um, so yeah, we, we still get out quite a bit. We try to stay involved with, you know, local riding groups, um, you know, cool. fast, you do women Oz rides every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Um, as far as trails, I mean, that's like, it's really hard. Like okay, you kinda, top three. <laughs> oh, top three. I mean, Fireline's so fun. Yeah. It's like such a family you know, it's a very family-friendly trail. Like Kohler in general has a lot of really good options for people to like progress on. Um, man. I love the castle. I mean, that's yeah. closed right now for construction. Yeah. closed right now. The castle is really awesome. 
which is basically like they call it the medieval trail. I don't know. Some people call it G6 or something like that. I think that's old name. Yeah. That's um, the old name. I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but there's what I love about the the castle or the medieval area is that it has a green trail. It has two blue trails, a black diamond. Does it have a double black or is Lim Wolf just a black diamond? Maybe? It's I don't just know. a black. Yeah. Something for everyone. Yeah. And you can yeah. all ride down together and meet at the bottom and then go back up together. So that's what I yeah. thought about that. I don't know. Some of the some of the secret stuff in Bella Vista is always good too. Like a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the trails in Bella Vista are both underrated and then uh, don't get traveled as much. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of just a thing because it's it's seemingly far from town. Yeah, it's, it's a five minute drive five or minutes, ten minute yeah. drive or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a uh, Taylor Homestead. There's um, what is it? Technical difficulties. That's mm-hmm. an interesting area. Um, the Staggerwing area is really a weird one. That, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's almost like by the Missouri border on Little Sugar. Okay. That's a very interesting area. Um, and then you have Huntley Gravity Zone, which has um, there was a line, and I forgot the I forgot the name of the builder, but um, anyhow, um, or Gravity Logic. That's it. So that yeah. Gravity Logic builds for Whistler. Mm-hmm. Um, they built um, the line Air Raid at Huntley Gravity Zone, mm-hmm. and it's very much like a scaled down A-line. So like nice. we have a trail that's very similar to like Whistler's A-line, which is probably the most famous mountain biking trail in the entire world. Um, we have like a scaled down version of that here. For oh, sure. That's pretty cool. It's very, it's very close. Like as far as that type of trail. Yeah. So out yeah. of all those trails you just mentioned though, the one that we've been riding the most is the Greenway. <laughs> so we've been taking out our um, city e-bikes and just having that's date cool. nights after we close. So um, <laughs> we end up closing at like seven every night and so we go and do date nights and cruise on the greenway because it's cooler in the summer <laughs> yeah, too yeah, so right yeah you can cruise down to Fayetteville for a nice long ride <laughs> okay maybe not we go Bella Vista the Bentonville Square okay good get, get an ice cream at the spark and then you've had a great date night so. yeah <laughs> it is pretty cool that though that you can ride all the way to Bella Vista and you can ride to the sort of the main city squares in between. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've heard rumor. I don't know how true it is, but I'm just going to say here anyway, I've heard rumor about figuring out how to extend it all the way to Fort Smith. Oh wow. Which sounds amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's true at all, but you know, I heard it. So we might need some e-bike charging (laughs) stations on the way down. Even (laughs) if it's a gravel type route. um, I know that like, uh, uh, Reno had this issue that they solved in, in in that way. So they have like a greenway that runs through there, like, you know, right along the river. But there was always this issue with like people who were like bike tourists. So they would like, you know, take their bikes on these just huge journeys, right? Yeah. And like, but it's basically bike packing, right? And so there was never a good way to connect from like Truckee in California down to Reno because it was like an interstate that was like on the side of like a cliff, basically. <laughs> so they finally made like... Ba- basically a gravel greenway that connects those two areas. But yeah, I mean, something like that, even like a gravel greenway, people would be all about it. Oh man, that would be a way to do it. Just connect it for even bikepacking purposes or kind of those adventure type rides. Cause that's, I don't know, gravel's getting really big around here. Um, I think it has been. So yeah. We've got a few gravel roads too. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny to drive around town and all of a sudden, like you're not really that far (laughs) And, and you just turned cows. into a dirt road or gravel <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, whether you're a major brand, uh, a known brand, or, or you're just getting started or anywhere in between, uh, for those companies and their leaders, what sh- how should they be thinking about uh, Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas in terms of having a presence here and taking 
advantage of what's happening, whether that's in mountain biking or any other uh, outdoor sports? I would say just get involved. Like, I mean, something that we learned really quickly and it was, you know, part of GORP as we spoke about earlier was just getting to know the people that you're serving. And Mm. it seems so simple, but you learn so much and it's easy to sit back and be in your own head and be like, oh, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? But whenever you really start talking to the people that you want to serve and being around them, learning their problems, I think that's when all the good stuff comes together for a business. So that's what I would encourage anyone to do, um, but especially for this area, because you'll learn a lot because people are willing to talk to you too. Boy, are they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that, is, that is unique about this area for sure. The area I grew up in, probably not so much. Like people <laughs> are kind of a little more standoffish and... Um, you know, I think that's I think that's kind of that Midwestern mixed with Southern. We're not really sure what Arkansas is in some ways there. Like it has influences from kind of both cultures. Well, and um, now from all over too. Right? Yeah, now from all over. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just, you know, Bentonville, even as far as just, um, you know, part of the, uh, I kind of think about it sometimes is like part of the reason I think these trails are here is talent attraction yeah. in some aspects. Um, because you know, people that have options, so to speak, with their career, um, they look at like where they're living and the kind of their quality of life. And they're like, hey, I really like mountain biking. I don't really want to have a job in a place that doesn't have it, for yeah. instance, right? Um, or other outdoor activities. I mean, you can kind of name one uh, basically besides snow sports, like we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. um, we have pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it too, is like just businesses that aren't even really related to the outdoor space. Like if you're like, hey, I'm kind of thinking of moving to this area just for that reason, like, you know, get my people out on bikes, have them be happier or just attract talent that that generally likes those things. Um, That's probably a pretty good move, too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's very much about talent attraction. And it's, you know, what's happened here in the last probably 12 to maybe 15 years uh, is it started off as all about talent attraction. And now I, I would say it went from, in, in my best guess, because I wasn't here all that time, it went from being this thing that was felt like this needs to be done to make sure that our Fortune 1 in town is still competitive in terms of hiring folks and the two other Fortune 500 sitting on our doorstep were able to do that to now it's an imperative. I mean, look, those companies are public companies, mm-hmm. right? They can yeah. still pick up and move at any time that they want it, you know, but if you make certain that they have the people who want to come here uh, to work and live and play here, make sure that they're able to be able to come here and want to, then, you know, that that gives them a competitive edge. But that happens to also mean then it becomes a great place for remote workers. It becomes a great place for folks to get started because even though we have Fortune One in town, that is probably, in my estimation, I, I, I don't, I think I underestimated them. They might be the biggest startup in the world 60 years going because <laughs> sure. they are so darn innovative. Yes. I mean, they, it's, it's hard to understand that from the outside looking in, but, but watching them operate and continue to reinvent themselves and seeing all the things that, that they're doing and all the, the interesting things that they do around town and in terms of the things that we get to see them test live. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. People bag their own groceries. Yeah, <laughs> like literally revolutionary thought pattern. Right there. Like, 
what? <laughs> You're going to make people bag their own groceries? I mean, when self-checkout first came out, and like Walmart was a definite pioneer in that. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were the pioneer in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that alone is like huge thing. Yeah, gosh, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about a lot more high tech, but you're right. Like, that is not even that high tech. If it's you think just, about it, that yeah. is actually revolutionary. Yeah, totally Super revolutionary, revolutionary right? The, the getting your customers to do that is unbelievable. You yeah. know, I was just thinking in terms of things like, you know, they are uh, Walmart and Gaddick paired up and had a world first happen here. So for 25 months, almost 26 months going now, they've been running uh, autonomous trucks in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when it was announced in in November, it was like there were 18 months in and it was this world first because there was <laughs> no safety driver right. for all this time. Yeah. I, I don't honestly, I don't know which is the bigger deal that they pulled this off or that politicians didn't know, uh, didn't say anything about it for, for 18 months. I, I don't know, you know, two different drunk. Maybe I shouldn't say it this way. Was but, that a, uh, but, was that a yeah. ask forgiveness and yeah. uh, permission type deal? Uh, no, they actually <laughs> oh. got regulatory uh, change, uh, you know, to, to happen to be yeah. able to do it. You know, a, even a month ago, uh, another company admitted for the first time that they had delivered packages by drone. And I thought, well, that's cute. <laughs> Walmart's been doing that here with two different companies uh, with drone up and zipline both for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And now that program is expanding uh, for both those companies all over the country. Um, but, you know, so here we are with Fortune 1, two neighboring Fortune 500s, uh, about 1,500 vendors spread out across a couple of counties. Uh, mostly here in Benton County, but uh, across a couple of counties uh, for that are vendors to Fortune One, uh, we have this incredible startup scene that, I mean, frankly, is supported by this plethora of startup organizations. Uh, the the breadth of these um, uh, startup organizations, I mean, entrepreneurial support organizations, the breadth and sort of depth of these organizations to me is it seems like the density is pretty high for an area of the of this size. Yeah. Uh, and then we have these multiple industries, you know, yeah, we have retail and supply chain and logistics, but there's also this amazing outdoor recreation scene. Uh, we're a leader in mobility now. We've just taken that crown and we are a leader in mobility. And in particular, advanced aerial mobility is mm-hmm. somewhere we're becoming increasingly known for. Um, but uh, healthcare and wellness are all switched around. I believe that this place will be known for wellness and healthcare, the right order of those words <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, over time. And that'll become more apparent to folks as we go. And there's just so much more that's happening there. And then I challenge anybody to top our quality of life, whether that's the low crime, um, top rated schools nationally mm-hmm. uh, from kindergarten through post-secondary. Uh, it's, it's incredible what's happening there. Um, you know, and then you think about arts, culture, mm-hmm. food, <laughs> let's keep going down the list, everything that you want. And oh yeah, outdoors again. Uh, it's no wonder that people are flocking here and have turned this into one of the fastest growing cities and this region, one of the fastest growing uh, regions in the country. Uh, what would you say to people who are maybe sitting in your shoes months ago and thinking about a new place to live? What would you say to them about this place? Be careful if you visit. Yeah, yeah I was going <laughs> to say, like, definitely visit um, because, I, yeah, I don't think, like, I think a lot of people would like it here, you know? Yeah. But then again, like, you should come visit. Especially, <laughs> you do want to visit in the summer because it's a little hot. It's yeah. what it is. It's Arkansas. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think in general, like, 
you know, that's kind of what attracted us here. Like we were like, Hey, we can have a nice, uh, you know, a nice house, you know, right near some trails, decent price, like other, and just the community that surrounds that. That's where we were kind of like, Oh wow, this is a pretty, so pretty good sell here. (laughs) Northwest Arkansas. Like we can't really turn it down. (laughs) Well, and no one really had to sell us either. The community. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I left out cost of living, (laughs) which you brought up, right? Yeah. Um, You know, the, uh, the other thing is, you you mentioned earlier, not sure that this is the Midwest is the South. (laughs) What is it? I like to describe it as sort of the, the niceties that you expect in the South, the, moderate but but here we have more moderate weather even though it's a little hot right now yeah um but the niceties of the south if you will <laughs> the all the entrepreneurial spirit of the west and all the good sense of the midwest <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all the common sense and good sense of the midwest i <laughs> right. like that that's, that's yeah. my business pitch <laughs> <laughs> i like it <laughs> my my pitch to the the trailing partner or, or, or the kids is it is disney world uh meets hallmark <laughs> <laughs> Also good. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's start uh, um, bringing this ride to an end. Um, what's next for Encore Bike Rentals and the Bomb Gardeners? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, there's kind of, there are kind of a, a lot of plans in the works for fall. I mean, we've kind of we've kind of talked about a few different things, um, which is coaching, um, working with some local guides, kind of bringing in a little bit more of that kind of guided tour type mm-hmm. feel to things. Um, I don't know we're we're tossing up physical location versus keeping it delivery. You know, having oh, wow. a hybrid type model almost, um, almost like you know how pizza places have yeah. where you can go in yeah. and get some service. Pe- or some people still like to pick delivery. up pizzas. So. I kind of like to pick up my pizza. <laughs> so we're throwing some that people around. like to pick up their bikes. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Um, and then also like expanding our team. Um, mm-hmm. It's really just been. Tyler out there delivering the bikes. He's the one that you'll see maintaining the bikes. So adding to our team for actually um, providing the service. Um, Yeah. And, and and basically keep growing the fleet as kind of like the market says we need to, Mm -hmm. if we're selling out every single weekend and everyone else in town is having the same problem, like we probably need to keep growing our fleet. Um, And then also like we're, we're kind of looking at what bikes, um, you know, make the most sense Mm -hmm. for, like our average customer, right? Like that's something we always try to look at um, as well as like how, you know, there is some of that build it, they will come type mentality to it. Like the trails are a decent example of that. Sure. Like there wasn't a huge mountain biking scene in Bentonville, Arkansas before there were trails to ride. Um, right. So, <laughs> so there's kind of some of that with a, uh, with a rental shop, which is, Hey, you got to have some of the bikes available for them to be used for whatever purpose. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of, Keep growing and keep uh, keep learning. Keep listening. <laughs> yeah, keep listening. <laughs> yeah. <not> too. <laughs> so smart. That's the smartest thing you can do when you're just getting started. Is just listening to the market, listen to the customers. They'll tell you exactly what you need to do to be successful. Um, otherwise, you won't have a prayer at success. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. What should I have asked you that I did not ask? Mm, I don't know. You asked our favorite trail. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Maybe. we have a dog. Yeah. You didn't ask oh, about our I didn't pets. Ask about the dogs. <laughs> yeah. but tell me about we, the pets. I love pets, yeah, especially we, dogs. We have a Cats, we have yeah. a, a Labrador retriever mixed with a golden retriever named Kona. So she's our little our retriever mutt, um, and she loves going mountain biking. That's kind of one of her <laughs> nice. her things. We like to take her out on some of the easier trails and stuff, and let her let her uh, run full speed next to us. 
And yeah, we've got to train her. So we talked about the Greenway. So we got this. Um, it's supposed to be for children, but um, <laughs> it, it toes behind the bike. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? And um, we it's got it to get to put her in the trailer the, um, <laughs> so that we can take her on the Greenway, you know, because it's a longer yeah. ride. That way we can take her out whenever we go out to eat or, you know, but she gets too excited. So she barks the whole time right now <laughs> and her tail. So we did a trial run at like 10 o'clock at night in our neighborhood, which was not a good idea. Um, so she was barking the entire time and her tail was sticking out the back flap of it, just wagging <laughs> when Tyler was towing her. So anyway, that's uh, going to be on our to-do list is training our dog how to ride in a wagon nicely. <laughs> right. Well, at least you didn't say your dog was jumping out of the wagon. No, she did not jump no. out. She have a seatbelt? We did have her restrained. It's like, it's like enclosed though. So like, yeah. I don't know yeah. if she could really could get out. No, we had her hooked in, I think, because we were afraid of that. So yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I once had a dog jump out a car window at about 30 miles an hour to chase a squirrel. Oh, oh. my. He didn't get hurt, but... There we immediately, like, I pulled over, I picked him up, I put him in the car, and we drove to, uh, to Petco and picked up the seatbelt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, three more questions. Uh, this one, tell me a story. And this is a this is going to be a hashtag because Bentonville story, something that sort of describes the uniqueness of this place, or maybe could only happen here, or it could be just a moment. And I'll describe a moment, for example, to you. It's the only place in the world I've seen uh, bike detour signs. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I'll tell a quick story about this customer, Dennis, we had, uh, you know, he, you know, th- I think this was like February, right? So it was like when we first got started. Um, so anyways, um, the guy kind of hit me up and he was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm looking at one of these electric mountain bikes. And I guess, so all the viewers know one of the unique things about our area is that I think it's Benton and Washington County, mm-hmm. right? That's how, who actually put the regulation in place. But we can have electric mountain bikes, like class one electric mountain bikes on our off-road trails, which is somewhat unique compared to a lot of like Western mountain yeah. biking destinations. So anyways, this guy um, calls me up and he's like, hey, I want to ride one of these electric mountain bikes. Like my doctor, you know, I had all these like heart surgeries and like, he's like, oh yeah, I like had this heart, horrible heart attack. And I was like dead for like five or six minutes. And like, like basically long story short, this guy's just like opening up to me about all his personal medical conditions on this first phone call I have with him. But it, it, it was, it was really cool because what impressed me so much was I was able to get this guy out on an e-bike. He hadn't ridden a mountain bike in a little while and like, you know, had basically like not really a great chance at like going back out mountain mm-hmm. biking, so to speak. And he's like, Hey, with the electric, I can get back out there and, you know, keep my heart rate low enough and all that kind of stuff. And that really just like impressed me about the kind of the accessibility and like utility that like our trails have, um, because we're like totally open to that. Like we're, t- we're very accepting of people that like, you know, can't necessarily do what like, you know, I guess your average mountain biker can. Um, so I think that's really cool about this area. Um, you know, even I think we were talking about JP mm-hmm. a second ago with um, the adaptive trails too, mm-hmm. which is, so, which is quite unique. Um, you know, being able to have adaptive trails so that the, you know, the, the trike yeah. bikes can go out there. It's an amazing idea. Um, and it's not that much harder to cut an extra six inches of dirt. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's pretty neat that uh, folks here hired him to basically come right around the trails mm-hmm. and help figure it out and make sure that they're accessible to everybody. I mean, that accessibility extends well beyond adaptive bikes. It extends to people's backyards, right? 
uh, wherever you live in Bentonville, there's a good chance you're a few hundred yards from a trail at most, uh, especially in some parts of town, which uh, is something you probably won't find in, in most places. And as you, you mentioned earlier, Morgan, the, um, you know, having the ability to go to some places and there's every type of trail mm-hmm. where folks can start off together and end together at completely different skill levels and have just as much fun. I yeah. think it's amazing. Um, what's one of the riskiest, most outrageous, most ridiculous things you've ever done? And, and how did that change you personally? I think uh, deciding to full-time RV was... Uh... That was yeah, that was a, that's a decision right there. Yeah. It's definitely a different lifestyle. Like full-time RVing is, is very unique and it's, it has its own stresses. It's also super rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, like full-time travel of any sort, I think is really rewarding. Yeah. Um, but like, it was definitely like working 40 to 50 hours. Like, cause we, that's where we started our marketing business was pretty much on the road. Um, mm-hmm. and it was definitely stressful at times, especially <laughs> yeah. when the RV would break or like, you know, and then it had really rewarding moments, like, you know, getting to ride Moab for like six weeks straight and being cool. just out in the desert with like no concerns really <laughs> was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we learned how to be more um, just accepting of that the first plan might not go as expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've always kind of been more go with the flow, but I mean, RVing really puts you in positions where you're like, oh, we were planning on staying in this place. Well, no, you're, you're broke down or maybe that place ran out of spots. Um, so yeah, you just I feel like we got so much more uh, creative with coming up with backup solutions for things. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. RVing helps you be more creative. That's what I just heard. <laughs> well, maybe more, mm, what would you say? Adaptable. Adaptable, yeah. yes. That's You'll the word. You'll find so many uses for that's like duct word. tape. And like <laughs> well, that's exactly wire. what I was thinking. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> we'll roll with that. <laughs> okay, last question. What's the most important thing that you've learned this year? Hmm. <laughs> I think I think probably like listening more than you more than you speak. I think that's kind of like a general like quote, right? But and that that applies to a lot of things, like listening to customers, listening to um the market, like just kind of how you, how you go about every day with your customer interaction and like how, how you kind of structure that whole process um, is big. So I think that's probably the, probably the biggest thing I've learned this year is just listening more than you speak, especially to when your customers are confused or have questions, mm-hmm. you want to like really get to like the very pit of their confusion. So you're like, okay, this is how I improve, like say the fax page on my website for next time. <laughs> so Yeah, there's a lot of things to learn there. I was thinking about that too, but I thought saying that listening might be a funny thing being on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All you all out there, listen. (laughs) That is kind of ironic. (laughs) 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 Tyler, Morgan, thank you all so much for coming on the Bentonville Beacon podcast. I I know our our, uh, listeners and viewers must have loved it as much as I did. This has been really an enjoyable conversation. Thank you all so much. I've learned uh, so much from y'all just in this uh, little bit of time. Uh, And so, again, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, James. You bet. Well, hey, uh, to our audience out there, if you like what you heard, keep coming back. Uh, Check us out at BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com. You can see all the podcasts there. You can hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. But uh, come back next time to hear more about Bentonville and its businesses and its leaders in Northwest Arkansas, this place where you can have more of what you want and less of what you don't. Thanks. See you next time. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.